Hi everyone, Brother George here again. Thanks for joining me for another episode of Bible Made Easy podcast. This is the seventh episode in a short series covering Bible prophecy, and particularly what it tells us about the future. In the previous two episodes, I covered the final major event that must occur before the second coming of Jesus. That is, the rise of the dictatorial, Satan-possessed Antichrist, his global government, and Mark of the Beast-based digital economic system. We learned that in the middle of his reign, he breaks the seven-year global peace covenant, declares himself a god, and from there, a three-and-a-half-year period of chaos breaks out over the earth called the Great Tribulation. Today, I'm going to cover a few more details about this Great Tribulation period and then the happy ending of Jesus' triumphant second coming and the glorious future beyond that. There are going to be a whole series of apocalyptic and triumphant events occurring, each one of which could be covered in great detail. But today, I'm just going to summarize the main events. I also won't be able to read every relevant scripture, but I will put those accompanied by the name of the relevant event in the show notes, along with links to further study and reference material. And by the way, I realize that because of some mystery surrounding some prophecies, there are scholars that interpret differences in minor details of these events. But this is the way many great Bible scholars interpret them and the way I believe things will transpire. But it really doesn't matter too much in the end, because God's purposes and eventual triumph over evil remain either way. Okay, so here we go. Just when it was looking like humankind had finally gotten it together to form the greatest, most unified and utopian society ever, under the leadership of the most powerful super leader of all time, the Antichrist, cracks begin to appear and it all falls apart spectacularly. There will be insurrection and rebellion against the Antichrist, persecution of Christians and others who oppose him, wars fought and overall chaos. While these will be trying times for God's people, God will grant them supernatural protection provision of their needs, and power to share the gospel with and help others through the dark times. At the same time, God will rain down his first set of judgments on the Antichrist and his followers described in the first six of the seven tribulation trumpet prophecies, so much so that it will be more hell on earth for them than it will be for Christians and others who oppose him. And before I go on any further, let me point out that when God punishes, it is not only to stop the wicked from hurting others any further and to give them what they deserve, but like a good father, his ultimate aim is to purge, rehabilitate, and hopefully restore into loving fellowship with him and others, even if this takes a very long time. It's important to bear this in mind as we continue because it's central to God's overall plan through these events. Okay, so at the moment of the most chaotic and turbulent point in human history, the seventh and final of the tribulation trumpet prophecies will be fulfilled by the second coming of Jesus. Revelation 11.15 
Then the seventh angel blew his trumpet, and there were loud voices in heaven saying, The kingdom of the world has become the kingdom of our Lord and of his Christ, and he shall reign forever and ever. The second coming of Christ will be a spectacular rescue mission from the spirit world, with the sky lighting up in the greatest light show of all time that will be visible from one end of the planet to the other and witnessed by every inhabitant of the earth. There will be accompanying supernatural signs and phenomena occurring in both the heavens and the earth. Angels will be present, heralding and celebrating the event. And in an event known as the Rapture, God's angels will gather Christians alive at the time to soar up into the atmosphere to meet Jesus in the air and to forever be with him and the already departed believers in heaven. The darkest night of human history will be cut short and put to an end by the brightest dawn of his second coming. At this moment, there will be a distinct separation between the followers of God the followers of Satan, and the other unsaved people. God's people will be released from the tyranny and torment of life under the Antichrist and will be taken to heaven. The rest, who are still alive, will remain on the earth. So, is that the end of the story? Not yet. You could say, it's the beginning of the end. There are still a few more steps to go in the ongoing war between good and evil. Here's what happens next. Immediately after the rapture into heaven of believers, there will be two main events for those saved ones. One, the judgment seat of Christ, where Christians will be judged by their works and obedience to God while on earth, and rewards given accordingly. And two, the grandest and most fabulous celebration in all history called the Marriage Supper of the Lamb, hosted by the Lord Jesus himself to celebrate the eternal uniting of him with his children. The Bible likens this to a marriage between Jesus, the groom, and us, his bride, and the celebration to a wedding feast. While the Bible is silent about the details of this feast, you can imagine what a joyous occasion it's going to be. Being held in the most luxurious venue ever, with the most delicious food and drink, the most inspiring music ever, and attended by the kindest, most loving and friendly people you could ever wish to meet. It's going to be amazing. Those loyal to the beast who remain on the earth will have it tough. After rebelling against and fighting God and persecuting his people every step of the way and never repenting, they'll be subject to a second round of hellish punishments from God this time even more intensified, a short period described as the wrath of God. But in spite of being subject to God's displeasure and just rewards for their evil, the Antichrist and his forces still don't repent, even to the point that they fight back against God. This culminates in a cataclysmic battle between the two forces known by a name you've probably heard of relating to the end of the world. The Battle of Armageddon. Now you know where the word Armageddon gets its origin. It's at this point that Jesus will return again, this time 
in an invasion where he touches down on the earth in Israel, accompanied by a massive army of heavenly warriors, with which he'll completely and utterly demolish the forces of the Antichrist. It will be a monumental defeat for Satan and his earthly forces. By the end of the Battle of Armageddon, the Antichrist, along with the false prophet, will be captured and cast alive into a prison-like place of extreme torment called the Lake of Fire, and their devoted followers will be killed, leaving only the unsaved people who did not worship the beast and receive his mark left on the earth. And at the same time, Satan will finally have his wicked influence halted by being bound in chains and imprisoned in a different location called the Bottomless Pit, where he'll be for a period of 1,000 years known as the Millennium. So, with this counterfeit unholy trinity of Satan, the Antichrist and the False Prophet imprisoned, will that be the end of the story? Not yet. Here's what happens next. Jesus will finally assume his rightful place as King of the Earth. Those unsaved who remain on the earth in their natural bodies will be under the direct rule of Jesus and his people who will be in their supernatural bodies during the 1,000-year period of the millennium. Finally, the world will be governed the way God intended from the beginning, with true love, justice, equality, mercy, and forgiveness. This will be the greatest most just political, social, and economic revolution in history. The overthrow of the perpetually failing 6,000-year reign of the devil and humankind and the return of the kingdom to its rightful monarch, Jesus, the King of Kings. Earthly civilization will return to a more peaceful, natural, harmonious, and idyllic lifestyle under God's loving rule. A complete reversal of hellish, unnatural, modern life as we know it today, and without the degrading influence of the devil and his people. This 1,000-year period will also be an extension of the era of grace, where the unsaved will have an opportunity to accept Jesus and be saved by hearing the message via the teaching and ministering of those who are saved. God, in his infinite patience and mercy, giving them another chance. But that's still not the end of the saga. Towards the end of the millennium, Satan will be released from the bottomless pit for a short time and allowed to attempt to deceive the nations one final time. And unfortunately, even after having been shown abundant mercy under God's face-to-face loving rule for 1,000 years, there will be some who still reject him and they'll join the devil in one final petulant rebellion, culminating in an epic showdown battle between the forces of God and his people, and Satan and his people, known as the Battle of Gog and Magog. This time, God's patience with the rebel humans will have run out, and the Bible says he will consume them with fire from heaven, and cast the devil into the lake of fire, where the Antichrist and the false prophet are, never to deceive the nations again. At the end of the millennium, it will be time for God to judge the unsaved from all ages who will appear before him 
in the great white throne judgment. This is a separate judgment only for the unsaved, not the saved who have already been judged 1,000 years ago. Here, the unsaved will also be judged by their works and the severity of their punishments will be determined. And now, with Satan and evil out of the way, the saved and unsaved judged and assigned to their deserved places in either heaven, hell or remaining on the earth, the book of Revelation tells us that God will give the earth a thorough environmental reset by completely restoring it into a pristine state and that he'll also transfer the location of his great heavenly city from its present location in the spirit world to land on the recreated surface of the earth. The incredible heavenly city will be the eternal dwelling place of the saved. The Bible describes it as the most beautiful city in existence, made of the most valuable, incorruptible materials in the universe, It will be filled with the Spirit of God and there will be no more death, mourning, crying or pain. For the former evil things of our life on earth will have passed away due to the removal of the curses brought on by Satan's and man's rebellions. It is there that the saved will eternally live, rule and reign over the universe in love, unity and harmony the way God intended from the beginning of his creation. This will be the place where the deepest desire of every sincere human heart will be realized, where God and man are united in one forever. Thank God. And you can read all about this wonderful place and life there in Revelation chapters 21 and 22. But what about the unsaved? Is God going to let them rot in hell forever and ever while he and the saved are enjoying eternal heavenly bliss? No. The Bible strongly indicates that he'll never give up on them. He will still have a broken heart for them and he'll continue to pursue his lost children for as long as it takes. And I'll talk about that in a future episode. And so that was a summary of the major future end-time events leading up to the final epic triumph of God over evil and the restoration of his loving rule over the universe. There'll be many twists and turns along the way, but it is very exciting and comforting to know that God will eventually prevail and that if you're one of the saved, you've got a wonderful eternal future to look forward to. And if you're not a Christian, please know that the biblical story and these end-time events reveal the depths of his love for you and the lengths to which he'll go to save you. He'll never stop loving you. So don't wait another day. Receive Jesus into your heart today by praying the salvation prayer in the show notes below. If you do, then we'll see you in heaven as well. Thanks for listening, everyone. See the links below for further reference material, including an end-time timeline chart for those who want to go into a deep-dive study of these events. God bless each one of you. Bye.